Hello, cleaning buddies. Welcome to the podcast. This is Jin Lin. Um, so today I wanted to talk about um, how to get like really real with yourself because here's the thing, you know, people, I think we all just have like this protective thing that we do. We want to be, um, you know, we don't want to think of ourselves as, um, you know, like being in the wrong or being a loser or being, you know, whatever. And like inherently nobody is those things. Like nobody's a loser. Nobody's less than other people, whatever. Um, but the thing is sometimes we are wrong. Sometimes, um, you know, and it's all that is really subjective. Um, you know, if you're good with being the kind of person that just rubs everybody the wrong way and but that's just, you're just going to do it that way because that's what you've decided in your life, then, you know, that's obviously a choice. Everybody gets to make that choice. But I think the majority of people, and we really have to think about, like, the majority of people um, are trying to do the best they can. They're trying to have the best life they can have. They're trying to make the best life for their children, for their families. Um but we're people and a lot of people don't spend time really looking at themselves and, um, saying like, you know, where could I change or what could I do differently? So, um, I want to share, I think more towards the end, I'm going to share an exercise that was just like, really like, wow, you know, that really helped me. Um, but I just wanted to talk about a couple things I've noticed about myself in just recent, um, days. Um, because, One thing that I notice is that when my husband and I interact with each other, um, sometimes, and I, I may have said this before, it almost seems like we're speaking two completely different languages. And like, I know that people, I know there's a thing about like, you know, men speak a different language from women and like, but that's not, I don't mean that. That's not what I mean. I mean, like, it's like, I say something that should be pretty obviously one way. There's no other way to take that sentence. And he takes it some really weird place. And it happens a lot with us. But one thing that I've noticed is that just by changing the way I say things, just slightly, like a little word here and there, can really change the whole conversation. So you may be saying, well, you shouldn't have to do that. You know, you should be able to just say it the way you're going to say it. And, you know, if if he really understands that you have no bad intentions or whatever, like he shouldn't take it any kind of way. And yeah, maybe in a perfect world, that's the way it should be. But here's what I'm focused on. I'm focused on us being able to communicate with each other. I don't want, I want to be able to communicate so that he really gets my message. And if I notice how I can just change something a little bit, then why not? Because it's probably something that other people notice as well. But, you know, it's funny, like, the kind of relationship you have with an intimate partner, like, you can say things to each other that nobody else could get away with. You can say things that pop into your head that you would never say to a colleague or somebody like that. But chances are that if you're doing it around that person, you're probably doing it around other people and you're probably being just as annoying to them. Um, so I will give you an example of something that I do that is very annoying. 
Um, every time my husband says something, almost every time I say, that's not true or no, that's not what happened. Or I am always basically saying that he's wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I'm right. right. But here's the thing. One of the reasons for that is because a lot of times he speaks in, I don't know the word for it. I meant to look it up and I forgot. I want to say like infinitives, but I don't think they're called infinitives. But like when you say you always, or you never, he talks that way a lot of the time. And so that is a trigger for me that makes me feel like I have to defend myself. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I say that to him so many times, but I have noticed things before, like at meetings and I've tried so hard to like keep my mouth shut, but it's like when somebody says something that's, you have a better or easier way. So like, if I have something that's going to save you an hour of time, if you do it my way, like, I want to tell you that because you're wasting time. Now it could be that maybe doing it their way, you know, maybe they get some more information out of like a report or whatever they're trying to do. But I'm just like, but there's a better way to do it. And I, I've, as I get older, it's like, I have to realize my way is not the only way. Just like, I really want everyone to do it my way. They probably think that everybody should do it their way, but they don't have that same, um, you know, kind of, I call it like, I've, I kind of feel like I have a know-it-all type attitude sometimes with certain things. Now, if I don't know what I'm talking about, I'm not going to say anything. Like if I have no information on that subject, I'm going to shut up. In the past, I probably would have um, researched it really good and then told you exactly what the true answer was, but I don't even feel the need to do that anymore. Um, But another thing that I, so that's not what I was going to talk about before though. Um, I'm just talking about the way that I have changed how I phrase things. So, um, the other day he was about to do something that he hadn't done before. And it was, um, there were like, it was like a meeting, but it was like his turn to do whatever with this meeting. And he was very nervous about it. And the way I would have stated it before is I would have said, yeah, but you got to realize most of the people in there have already, you know, they felt the same way when they had to do what you're doing. Like they felt the same way. And, but I didn't say it that way. I changed it just slightly. Instead of saying, yeah, but I said, well, I mean, probably the other people that also had to present stuff, they probably were feeling the same way the first time they did it. And that, no, I don't know for sure because we had never discussed that one topic before, but I changed, I stopped before I said what I was going to say. And I thought about, you know, saying, yeah, but is kind of like, yeah, you saying that, but you're wrong. I mean, I really think that's probably how it would have been interpreted. And is that really what it means? If I say that, like if he says I'm, because honestly, it doesn't even matter. Like if he's telling me that he's nervous about something, I should just be like, I think that's natural, you know, a natural thing. I mean, you know, it's natural to be nervous. I don't think that's anything, you know, but so I probably could have just left out the part about the other people, but the fact that I changed it so that it wasn't like, I didn't say all the other people felt the same way when they did it. Like I didn't make it like it was a fact. I just said, you know, probably, and I know that's a weird way to talk, 
but I wanted to put the probably in there because I didn't want to make it like this is how it always is and everybody else was the same and you're not any different and you're not you're not special and you're not you know because I think that's kind of the main takeaway from that is like you're not anything special this is not anything you know because imagine it is real for that person it's very real for that person in that time you know um and thinking back to like the interview that I did like I really wasn't nervous because at that point I really felt like I wasn't going to, I wouldn't take the job even if it was offered to me or I wouldn't be able to, cause it wouldn't pay enough or whatever. Um, but I also knew the people, you know, so I really wasn't as nervous as probably anybody else that would apply outside the company or whatever. But, um, you know, it was just like, I don't know. So anyway, that's one thing that I started doing. And I don't, one of the things is I need to figure out a way to respond better to things like you always and you never, you know, that's one thing I need to work on. But, you know, basically what I'm saying here is that we all have places and areas that we can improve. Maybe you have like the perfect relationship, but you listen to this because, um, gosh, our COVID cases have almost doubled. (sighs) What is going on with these people? Anyway, um, I'm sorry. Let me get back on my train of thought. You know, so it may not be a relationship thing for you. It may be that you just don't have the energy to, you know, clean your house or whatever. And you struggle with, um, with that, or maybe you have, um, you know, maybe your issue is like with work. Like every time you have a job, you seem to butt heads with people. And, um, I know like another thing I just prayed about was, you know, I think I mentioned to you guys that things were way different at work and like everybody else is kind of going back to reopening and I'm on vacation. So like, you know, I'm not going back with everybody else. And, um, it's like, I'm going to go back to stuff. I don't know. And it's, everybody else is going to know what's going on and I'm not. And, uh, you know, so I just like, I, I was praying and I was just like, you know, Anytime that things are different, I always have an issue with it. Like I always, they want me to do something different or something I feel is like, you know, not the way, you know, my expertise is in a different area from most, like my job is very different from everybody else that I work with. Um, and you know, usually that's reserved for like the boss, their job is different from yours and the, um, whatever, but in a lot of organizations, like the coworkers pretty much have the same job. That's not the case with me. I have a very different job from people that I'm on the same level with, but my job is different. And my job is a little bit more like, I don't know. I have like, I'm on the same level with everybody else. I get paid what the other people would get paid for their jobs, but my job is different. And I deal with more people and I deal with, um, I even deal with like the coworkers. Like part of my job is to do stuff for my coworkers. Um, and you know, I have like, it's just, it is, it's different. And like what they see is only a portion of what I do. Um, part of my job is kind of like a behind the scenes where nobody even really understands, like, you know, it's, it's just weird. But, um, when people try to 
say, well, this is what you should do. It's like, you don't know what I do. Like you're, you do something so different that it doesn't even compare. So, but I said, you know, I'm just asking that he helps me to, you know, like remember that every time that's ever happened in the past, I've dealt with it and it has never been something that I could not handle. Um, that the people I work for are very reasonable. So if they're wanting to do changes and there's a reason why, um, a good reason why it shouldn't go that way, they will listen. Um, and I just have to remember that, but I really want to try to go back into this with, cause things are going to be different with all this COVID stuff. You know, it's just like everybody's job is different with all this. And, uh, but anyway, I'm kind of getting off the topic, but it's just that I, realize that there's things that I need to change. And, um, one of them is definitely like, cause I've been saying like, he needs to change. He needs to stop saying always and never to me, but I also need to watch how I communicate with him. Um, so that's one thing, but one of the things that I was going to talk about was, um, you know, cause it's all, it's about being real with yourself. Um, so what, like, what can you do? Like, how can you, cause it can be hard to step back. Like you don't want to be wrong. You don't want to feel like you're doing anything. Um, and that's the other thing about people is like, I went through this, um, training one time and actually re- also read it in the attitude and book. It was in the last chapter I read and it's talking about your thoughts. And it said, when a situation could be taking taken in the negative or the positive, you should give the person the benefit of the doubt and think that they meant it in a positive way. Um, cause most people are passive aggressive. So even if they meant it negatively, if you take it in a positive way, they're not going to correct you, you know? Um, but I think that's the thing is like, we have most people, unless they're like crazy psychos, like that do really bad things most people have good intentions. They're not trying to mess up on purpose. They want to do, you know, like most people want other people to look at them and go, Oh, that was awesome. Like most people want, you know, it's not, I don't mean that you're trying to people please or anything like that, but like, you know, when you do something and somebody notices, you know how that feels. So I think most people have good intentions. I think a lot of times when they do things that offend others or hurt others, that it was just, they didn't think of, think it through. They weren't thinking about the consequences. Um, but because of that, and because we do have good intentions and we are not meaning any harm, sometimes it's really hard to look at ourselves and say, but you did do harm, but you didn't do things the way that they should have been done. Like you didn't mean to do it that way, but it did turn out that way. And so, you know, we need to own it we need to say, is this how I want things to keep going? Cause maybe, I mean, maybe you're like, you know, there's certain things like you may not like what I did, but that's just the way it's going. Like I know I had an issue with a coworker at work. Um, <laughs> this was kind of funny cause it was not like this person was not, I like, I, you know, all jobs are like that though. It's like, you have the boss, then you have the like assistance to the boss. Then you have the, um, you know, the people who are just like, like you have a receptionist, you know, a receptionist is not, 
usually not the same as somebody who's doing something for the company, like actually doing, you know, they're there to answer phones, get, and it's not that they're not important. They are, but you know, so this person was kind of, I don't know. It actually was kind of a conflict of interest because, um, it's a side business that it's kind of hard to explain, but basically she came in and told me how I needed to fix something, a problem that she had caused. And, uh, and it was involving, um, like our inventory and other people's money. (laughs) And so she came in trying to tell me what I should do. And I was like, no, we can't do it like that. And it's not that like, I wasn't going to change what I was doing because like I could get put in jail for doing what she was suggesting. And it's not that she wasn't trying to suggest I do something illegal. She just didn't understand the rules and the laws. Um, and I couldn't do it the way that she was saying, um, the way that she was saying was kind of covering up her mistake and, um, you know, like, but I couldn't go against the policy because the policy is there because of the way the laws are written and it just was not going to work the way that she wanted it to. So, and it actually caused, oh my gosh, it caused me to have to do extra work. It caused a bookkeeper to have to do extra work. Like it was, it was a thing. Um, and then I guess I hurt her feelings by, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to, like I said, I am not, sometimes when I say things, they come out very bluntly because I'm just trying to state the facts. I'm not trying to, you know, make sure your feelings don't get hurt. And I guess her feelings did get hurt. And so then she was like, um, something she was, like I said, in the future, if you could just do this. And she's like, that's not my job. And I was like, okay, well, you know, and it was like, um, but it hasn't happened again. So they actually, I think they did do what we asked them to. Um, but anyway, so like there are certain situations where you're not going to change what you do because there's reason behind it. But then when it comes to, you know, like making your relationship, like if I just want the other person to do everything to please me and I'm not willing to do anything to make sure that I'm showing up in a good way for them, then, you know, that's stupid. Um, that's stupid on my part. You know, it, it does take two people and where you can help. I'm not saying don't enable people, don't enable people to do bad things. Um, don't, you know, don't try to take away their responsibility for things. But if you can change something that will help, you should. And so, um, I'm not just referring to conversations and stuff. Really, when I started this, I was thinking about like, what is it that if you're having issues with, you know, your cleaning routine or whatever in your house, in your life, in your family, whatever it is that you're struggling with, um, whatever you don't like right now, um, you know, what is your part in it? What can you change? And it has to be whatever you think of has to be completely independent of anyone else. You cannot say, well, if I, I can do this, if they will do that, because you cannot there, you know, you could change everything about yourself and the other person never changes anything. And what it comes down to, I mean, if it's a relationship thing, you have to say, well, is it worth it to stay in the relationship? Um, I heard the great 
great blog post I read one time and this person was talking about the price of admission and it was like can you accept the price of admission um, and it could be for a job it could be for a relationship but one way they stated it was and I think I may have talked about this before um, so let's say that your spouse always takes their clothes off at the foot of the bed and leaves all their dirty clothes at the foot of the bed never picks them up never puts them in a hamper maybe and you know once again using that never word every once in a while they will when it's just too much for them but they always do it and you're just so sick of it and you're like okay so let's step back from this let's say that and that probably is not a real thing for very many people so most likely your spouse doesn't do that so look back and think that this is a friend telling you every day he leaves his clothes takes all his clothes off and leaves them at the foot of the bed and never picks them up I mean the pile is all the way up to the to the level of the mattress like this is ridiculous okay so is that worth ending the relationship if it's not then you just need to accept that as a price of admission so once you do that, you can't get mad about it anymore. Yeah, they leave their clothes at the end of the bed. They're going to do it every day for the rest of their lives. Can you live with that? And when you think about it that way, it changes the perspective. It's like, okay, that's not really that bad. Um, and then at the same time, if you have something, some little thing, like my husband with the toothpaste dispenser, oh my gosh. It drives me crazy every time I see it. Am I going to divorce him over it? No. Like, and honestly, at this point, since I just said that, I should just stop getting mad about it. Like, it's something that he's just not very good at. But you know what? He gets on the roof, and he blows all the leaves off the roof, and I never have to get on my roof. I don't ever want to have to get on my roof. If I ever did, I would just hire somebody to do it. Um, but that's a pretty good trade-off toothpaste that I have to wipe up versus you getting on the roof. Okay. Yeah. I think we have a fair trade there. I really do. Like, I'm not, I'm not just like those two things actually happen. Um, so little things like that, that just drive you crazy. Like if it's been years and they still haven't changed and you're still getting mad about it, it's time to think about that. It's time to really think about that and say, you know, maybe I should think about this as the price of admission. Their clothes are there. So maybe you just start picking them up. Maybe you even say, Hey, I picked up your clothes. I picked up your clothes off the floor. You know, like every time you do it, maybe it'll start, you know, and you can also ask them, like, have you asked them, Hey, could you please pick up your clothes? Like I try to clean up the whole room and then your clothes are there and it feels like I just didn't do anything. Maybe they don't even realize that they're doing it, you know? And like if they, if you ask them to and they still don't do it, just freaking pick up the clothes. Consider it price of admission. Try to think of something really annoying that you do because there's probably something. Um, and I'm not like beating up on any of my listeners. I'm just really, you know, talking about this and seeing it at, see it for what it is. It's not like that kind of situation is not that big of a deal. Um, and yeah, I do think that they should accept the same stuff about you. Um, I'm trying to think of, um, something that, um, that I do that drives my husband crazy. Um, 
I don't know. I can't think of any. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sure there was stuff, but I'm just, you know, like probably just the fact of me like always saying no, 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 you know. Um, so anyway, I wanted to get to something that you could actually use to maybe help out. So this was a really amazing exercise that I did, um, from the life map and I'm not going to give you all the questions and stuff. Like if you really want that, you can purchase the life map, um, from Michelle B Michelle with a U for the I. And, um, but one of the things she had you do was to think about your life six months from now or a year from now and write down what, like, let's say in that time frame, you've had the worst six months or the worst year ever of your entire life, the worst year you've ever had. And then she says, what did you do or not do to make it that way? Because here's the thing. If you own up to your stuff and you start making the changes that you want to see in your life and you are doing things, you know, according to your priorities and whatever, like there's no way that it's going to be the worst of your life. And it's not basically what this exercise does is it gets you to really, cause it's like, make it the worst ever. Cause we, I probably, you know, and it's not talking about like people passing away. It's none of that stuff. That is different. That's like, yeah, it's going to be a bad time. But if you have no tragedies going on for the next six months, but after six months, it's been the worst six months ever of your life. And it's because of things you've done or not done. What are those things? Cause you know what they are. You know what the things that you do are that are, you know, messing things up for you. So you write down what you've been doing for the last six months that's contributed to having the worst six months of your life. And like, I really, the way that I would do this exercise if I were you is just like really think about it, like really get yourself there. Like imagine just things being the worst you could imagine and then see what, see what you write down. Um, and I'm going to share my stuff in just a minute, but, um, and then after that, after that page, it was like this, this is just, and I think she got, she got this from somebody else and I don't remember. Um, I know she says who it is, but I don't recall. I'm going to start pulling this out right now while I'm talking to you guys. But she said, imagine whatever, you know, the stuff you just wrote down or whatever. Imagine that now you're not yourself anymore, but you're looking at all these things you wrote down and somebody else is like looking at your life and okay, let me get to it really quickly somebody else is looking at your life and they're like, okay, why don't they just blank already? And you fill in the blank. So this is the worst, um, whatever of your life. I'm trying to find it. I'm sorry. Oh wait, maybe I'm, yep. I'm in the wrong place. Sorry guys. Um, so yeah, you are just like, um, looking at it as if you're talking to a friend or you're watching a movie here it is and you're like why won't they just blank already um, so she actually calls this designing the worst year of your life um, and one thing that I, I think I've discussed this before 
is I kept saying the word focus, 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 focus. And I realized that I was basically telling myself that my focus was a big, a big thing that I needed to focus on (laughs) and see where I was putting it, see what kind of things I was, um, doing. So this is what I wrote and I'll have to, I may have to bleep a little bit of it. Um, so I said each morning I wake up and focus on how every person in my family messed up or ticked me off. I don't allow anything to cheer me up. I keep a scowl on my face and vow to show them all by contributing absolutely nothing. Now, this is not what I do. This is how I would have the worst year six months of my life. It actually does say a year. Um, I sit on my phone all day and speak to everyone in a mean voice. I also don't go do things I want slash need to do in effort to avoid accidentally feeling a moment of happiness. And what I wrote here, off to the side, I underlined that sentence. I also don't go do things I want slash need to do in an effort to avoid accidentally feeling a moment of happiness. So I wrote off to the side, which would prove that I can control that myself. So isn't that interesting? I wonder if anyone else does that. Like when you're really in a bad mood, it's like, you know, the thing that will cheer you up, but you are like committed to this bad mood and you are not going to let anything make you happy. So even though there are things that could cheer you up and you would feel better if you went and did them, you're not going to because you're committed to this bad attitude. And I think a lot of times that's where a lot of us are. We're really committed to this negative feeling. And so we won't even go do the things we know will cheer us up because we want to have that. We want to be you know, we have a reason to be mad and we want to make sure we stay that way. So everybody sees it. So everybody knows it. You know what? Nobody really cares. That's really the thing. It's like you kind of tick them off and like you're, you're kind of, they don't want to be around you because you're being like that, but they don't really care. So why do you let yourself sit in that? Go do the things that are going to make you happy. It's crazy. And I'm not, I'm saying that from experience. I'm not saying that because I'm telling you what to do. I'm saying that because, you know, um, So I finish with the more I do this, the worse I feel and more I am sure I deserve this life anyway. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, then this next part is, um, this one is like six months and it says something about being, um, what does the first one say? The first question has to deal with how you spend your time. The next one is like what actions or lack of actions are causing you to feel like not motivated or anxious or whatever. Um, I said, lots of things need to get done, but I am too overwhelmed to start. And I underlined that I am too overwhelmed to start. I underline that because that is something you tell yourself. It's not necessarily true. If you're too overwhelmed to start. The best thing you could do is just take one teeny tiny step towards whatever it is you need to do. And watch how fast you just keep going with the flow. Um, I can't, I wrote, I can't focus on what I need to do, only what I haven't done. Is that true that I can't focus on what I need to do? Absolutely not. You can choose what to focus on. So I can definitely choose to focus on what needs to be done versus what I haven't done. Um, Instead of doing what was necessary, I felt others should fulfill my expectations of them. And when they didn't, I took it as a sign that I am unloved. 
Plus, I need to watch that Russian guy open MREs. That's a channel on YouTube. Um, and I wrote, had one bad, had one bad week, decided to scrap weekly plan. I didn't actually do that because remember, this is me pretending. This is me designing the worst year of my life. So if I were designing the worst year of my life, lots of things need to be done, but I am too overwhelmed. It basically, what this is saying is like the story I tell myself to keep me down is really the problem. Um, I can't focus on what I need to do, only what I haven't done. Instead of doing what was necessary, I felt others should fulfill my expectations. Remember what I say about that? Often unstated expectations of them. And when they didn't, I took it as a sign that I am unloved. Ooh, girl, you got to get your love from somewhere else. Like your love cannot come from other people and whether or not they do things to show they love you. Like if that's what you're doing, that is the problem. That's the whole problem in your life. Um... So this next one was like, if you've got to the end of the year, you haven't reached any goals. You, nothing has changed in your life. What happened? Um, I didn't plan for looking at or reviewing goals. So I forgot them when I was stressed or things didn't go my way. I focused on my problems. So I used my phone to feel better, figured there is no point. So I may as well sit all day. So once again, a lot of that if you listen to all that again, a lot of that is straight attitude. It's not, I don't mean attitude like when somebody's like, whatever. I don't mean that kind of thing. I mean like my attitude towards things. Um, a lot of that, if you listen back to it, is choosing, making a choice to stay in um, like wallowing in self-pity and everything's wrong and nothing is, and worrying about what other people did or didn't do. Like, if you want to have a good life, you cannot base anything you do, anything you feel, anything you think on what other people do or do not do. That is the number one way to have a crappy life. It all stems from you. You can choose. You get to choose your thoughts, your actions, and your feelings. You get to choose them all. You get to choose what things mean. Have I told you the story about the guy that it changed my life? It absolutely changed my life. He used to get road rage really bad. And he decided one day somebody cut him off and he decided to give that person the benefit of the doubt because it's something he had learned. Just like I said, you know, when you can't tell if something was negative or positive, choose to give the person the benefit of the doubt. This guy cut him off. He said the old him would have followed that guy. And when he got out of his car, he would have beat him up. This was like a former gang member, actually, that I'm talking about. And he said that that day, he said, he imagined that guy pulling out in front of him, cutting him off. He's like, oh, he just found out his house is on fire. And he's got two little yapper dogs and they're wearing sweaters and they're on the couch and they're about to burn to death. He's trying to get there as fast as he can. Like he made a story that made him laugh. Like he thought it was funny. He was actually kind of making fun of the guy, but it completely changed. It took his road rage away to make up a stupid story about somebody. And I, at that, um, conference, I raised my hand and told a story about my daughter because it's almost the same exact thing. And it's probably something he never thought of that could have been happening in that situation. When my daughter first started learning how to drive, I know I've told this story before people were driving so dangerously around her. They were cutting her off. They were thinking that she was doing things on purpose. 
I went on Amazon and I bought some magnets for her car that said student driver and we put one on the back and we put one on the side and everybody's attitude changed. They stopped tailgating her. They gave her plenty of room. People were honking and giving her thumbs up. People were giving her lots of space so that she didn't bump into them. That one thing showed me so much about perception. When you understand what's really going on, it makes all the difference. But what about all those people who were cutting my daughter off and flipping her off when all she was trying to do was learn how to drive? Everybody's been there. Everybody's been in the situation of learning how to drive. So why do we just automatically assume that the person did it on purpose? Like maybe it's just somebody learning how to drive. Maybe it's an old person that shouldn't have a driver's license anymore. But still, you think that person's thinking about you? You think that person's doing... There are some crazy psychos like that. But most people are trying to do the right thing. So let's give people the benefit of the doubt. And also, we get to decide how we feel. You get to make up dumb stories about people that cut you off in traffic. And I'm going to tell you right now, the funniest thing you can do to somebody who flips you off is wave at them and then look like give them like a dejected look when you realize they're flipping you off like you know they're flipping you off I did this one time it was hilarious the look on the other person's face was so funny so I I don't know what I did I did I'm not the best driver but this person decided they're gonna flip me off and so I saw it coming and so I just I smiled this huge goofy smile and waved at them and they were sitting there flipping me off and when they saw me smiling and waving and I kind of looked at them like oh like like they just hurt my feelings so bad. They were like, oh crap, who was, who was that? Like you could see the look on their face. They were so like, either they were super confused or they were super embarrassed and they were trying to figure out where they knew me from. And oh my gosh, am I going to tell people that they just did that? Like they were so, I bet they never flipped another person off. I really believe they never flipped another person off. Um, like mess with people, you know, use it to your advantage, make up goofy stories. Oh my gosh. He's got to get back home for his um, daily suppository. I mean, like, make it something stupid that makes you laugh at them. Um, But it keeps you from being in a bad mood. Like, it totally changes everything when you do this. So anyway, um, from those prompts, these were the things that I got from that, from doing that exercise. The first one is, where I choose to place my focus may be the most important choice I make on a daily or even hourly basis. Where I choose to place my focus may be the most important choice I make on a daily or even hourly basis. If someone cuts you off on traffic in traffic and then you go home and have an argument because you're so you're still so mad about it, like that person cuts you off, they probably didn't even see you. They are not thinking about you. They do not care anything about you. There was nobody in front of them. They just went on about their day. And you just had an argument with someone because you chose to focus on they cut me off. That's so unfair. Whatever. People, some people don't know how to drive. Um, next, and I'm not just talking about driving here, obviously. I hope everybody can take that a step further. The next one, planning for success in every key area is a must. And key components of that are plan, track, and review. And off to the side of that, I wrote priorities and values. you got to have them. If you don't have priorities or values, you don't know what you're planning for, you don't know what's important to you, it's not going to be planning for success. It's just going to be planning for, like, um, procrastination and like doing mindless stuff that amounts to nothing eventually. Next one, being accountable for my time is a new habit to start as well. 
um, what should I do and when, what activities are acceptable to sit and do, and what is just wasting time. Example, you know, if I've sat for an hour reading the Bible versus being an hour on YouTube, two very different things to me. Um, also, how much time on an item? Like, here's the same thing. Three hours reading the Bible is not okay if I'm not getting the basics done. So like, and we can do that too. We can say like, well, this is really important. It's really important for me to finish this, whatever. But you can't let everything else just, that's one of my, it's a thing that I struggle with. Like, because when I get on, into something, I really focus on it and I'll just let everything burn down around me. Um, so something I have to watch. Um, next one, self-talk. Look at underlying sentences, just playing, but probably happens a lot. So I was just pretending in those sentences, but I mean, there's a lot of truth when you pretend and make up, you design the worst year of your life, um, you know, you're going to be saying some things that are true and you're, you're exaggerating them, but there's some truth behind them. So, um, look at any of the self-talk type stuff and mine again, where I am too overwhelmed to start. I can't focus on what I need to do. Um, I also don't do things I want or need to do in an effort to avoid accidentally feeling a moment of happiness. I don't think that was not really self-talk, but that was just a real big eye-opener for me because that's true. I do that. Like, yeah, I know I would feel better if I just went and, you know, clean this up, but I'm not going to do it because principle behind the thing. Um, anyway, I guess after that I went into, okay, hang on. Maybe I'm in the wrong place or I did not pull this. Okay, so that, why don't they just, whatever, that actually does not come from the, the design your worst year exercise. So when you get into the thing where you're actually going to be focusing on your goals for the 12 weeks in the dream, uh, your, whatever it's called, life map, um, it says, this is a good question right here. So if you don't do the yearly thing, at least answer this question. What's bothering you the most about your life right now? What are you struggling with? that is important. And even before I had this thing, I did that. That's one of the ways that I realized that, um, I needed to work on making a plan for the week because that was one of the things that was bothering me. Um, so I'm not going to read you all of her stuff cause I'm big on, you need to buy it if you really want to do this in this way. There are some other good questions on that page, but it says, Look at your current circumstances, problems, and the choices available to you for guidance on how to complete the, the below activity. Um, reflect on your life as if you're the main character in a movie. So like you're watching a movie or if you were giving advice to a friend. And after saying what's bothering you in your life, um, what are you struggling with? Imagine whatever you wrote there. See it now as like a movie and you're watching a movie and the character just keeps keep struggling with this stuff. They're not getting it. And you're just sitting there going, why don't they just blank already? How would you fill in the blank? I said, why don't they just get up and do something already? Why don't they just put down the phone already? Why don't they just make a schedule already? So those were some of the things that I said, um, about mine. And like I said, if you you know, if you really want to get real with yourself, those are the kinds of things you need to ask yourself. Those are the kinds of things you need to focus on. What is it that you're doing over and over and over again that's just not working? And this does not mean that you suck. It does not make you a loser or a bad person. It just means that 
We all tend to think that we have good intentions with what we're doing, and we do. Good intentions don't mean that we don't, like, good intentions, they, you know, the quote, they say the road to hell is paved with good intentions. You're intending to do something good, but it's not coming out good. I mean, maybe some of the things are, but, you know, I just read to you a big example of what I'm talking about. So, like, what, what are you lying to yourself about? Like, what, you keep stumbling over something, you keep struggling with something, somewhere in there, you're telling yourself something that's not true. Somewhere in there, you have activities and actions that you're taking that are prohibiting you from getting to where you want to be. And unless you get real with yourself, you're never going to uncover it. And it, you got to go into this thinking, this person that got me to this point, they wanted good things for my life. They wanted me to be happy and successful, but something's just off. So let's troubleshoot. There you go back again with that um, attitude. Let's have a troubleshooting attitude. Let's have an attitude. Can you have an attitude? <laughs> I don't know why, but when I said that, it reminded me of this commercial for Snapple where they would have this giant abacus and they would go, it's the giant Snapple abacus. Anyway, so your attitude, um, <laughs> like troubleshoot it, figure out you guys, you know, I did it a couple weeks ago. I was like, okay, I'm not completing these things at night that I'm supposed to complete. How can I fix this? Duh. Just open the door of the bathroom, go and do my nighttime routine. The baby will just walk around and tap on stuff and she won't do anything. She can't get to anything. It's not going to be a big deal. Solved it. Solved it. Solved it. Solved it. Um, I've been doing less stuff in the kitchen because the baby has been uh, trying to go around the corner and get into the, the entryway where there's some stuff that's not really safe for her. Put up two of those panels and made a gate. Solved it. Troubleshoot your stuff. Figure it out. You can. Don't look at it thinking, if you look at it thinking, you know, she's right. I really do suck. No, no, you don't. If you're listening to this, if you listen this far, oh my goodness. But like, seriously, you are trying to have a good life. You have good intentions. If you do this exercise, you mean business. You're being serious about it. So do not discount that. Do not say bad things about yourself. The past does not matter. The past does not equal the future. We tend to think that because people think linear, linearly, linearly, we think in a linear fashion. There you go. But that the past does not equal the future. You can change. Things can change in an instant. You really can. Um, but you do have to look at your stuff. You do have to focus. You have to figure out what's going on. So try that exercise. Design the worst year of your life where nothing gets accomplished. You feel horrible. Not talking about tragedies and stuff happening, but what are you doing? What would you have to do to do that? Even if you have, like, even if you're really good at, at, um, like setting goals and accomplishing them and like just banging it out, do that. Design the worst year of your life and think about what attitudes did you have? What activities were you doing or not doing? How was it the worst? Because this is the thing. I did the extra, you know, maybe I shouldn't have given you guys my answers because you might like get hung up on that way of thinking. Hopefully, you, you know, just like clear your head and think of what's going on with you because your brain, our brains are so amazing. They want to solve problems. Like when you give them a problem, like design my worst. Oh yeah, I can do that. Your brain 
is going to pull the things that you are not even thinking about subconsciously. It's going to pull stuff out and put it right there in front of you that you have never thought about before. And you're just going to be like, oh, wow. I mean, I don't do it to that extent, but I do that. So it is a really powerful exercise. And that other one, like, why don't they just blah already? You got to look at it as like, you're not even the person that's doing it. Like when you're watching that movie and you're like, don't go in there. Like, that's where the killer is. Like, what would you tell that person? Like you can see, maybe you have like a different view of what's really going on in a movie or something like that. Sometimes you do, but that was also a very powerful exercise for me. Cause I, here's the thing we all, we spend so much time seeking for answers and like looking for things that are going to fix us and like the magic pill and all that kind of stuff. You already know what to do. You already know what to do. The answers are always way more simple than you think, but do that. Why don't they just blank already? What advice would you say? Like, why, why don't you just, it's so easy to look at other people's situations and say that do it to your own step back from it to where you're not really the person where you're giving advice to a friend. It's powerful. So anyway, um, hopefully, wow. (laughs) I'm so sorry, guys. I got so like freaked out when I saw that error message that I just pushed stop And then I sat there and was talking to the screen that just was like uploading, processing. Um, I'm sorry. I can't, what I said after that was, I cannot believe that I just talked that long at one point. I did the same thing I did yesterday and, uh, almost an hour. Holy crap. That was a long talk, but I think it was a good talk, especially towards the end when I was giving you my stuff from the, um, what do you call it? The dream, the, the life map. I'm sorry. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to remind you, you're only responsible for making the effort. What efforts are you actually making and what efforts are you pretending to make and what efforts are you not making just so you can stay stuck?